This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand On the Air. The Dunedin Multicultural Council is a non-profit organisation that works to support the multi-ethnic communities in Dunedin. Since many of our members are migrants, we focus on providing opportunities to get to know people and develop new skills, networks and links with the wider community of Dunedin. Welcome to Dunedin Multicultural Council on Air. Brought to you by Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM. You are Peter Kesha, and in the studio I have Misa Emma Kesha. By the way, this is my mother I'm talking to, so I've got to be careful what I say. <laughs> so, <clears throat> well, Misa, when did you arrive in New Zealand? I came to New Zealand in 1958, in October 1958, just before my 18th birthday in December that year. And uh, what what brought you to New Zealand? Well, I wasn't even planning to come to New Zealand at that age. But my older brother, Daniel Fuatawai, who is seven years older than me, um, my parents already pay his fare to come to New Zealand for a better life and for his future. And um, before he came, he decided to go to the other island of Samoa, which was Savai'i, to have a look because he's never been there before. So he went with his group of boys, his friends, and um, they're supposed to go for a week, but he never came back because he met a girl and they eloped and he <laughs> never came back home. <laughs> so your father sent you to New Zealand and yeah. allowed you to come through. Yeah, so my father turned to me and he said, I think you should go to New Zealand and have a better future. And I said, I don't want to go to New Zealand. I don't want to go anywhere. I'm just a young girl. I like to be home. But, you know, when when your father asks you what to do, you know, um, you seem to obey your father because... You know, to me, at those days, your father knows better. So I listened to my father and I decided to come, got ready to come. And how old were you when you came to New Zealand? Just a few months before my 18th birthday. Very young. So um, how did you... Just finished high school. So you would have travelled on a ship? I did. So um, book my my name. And then my mum and I went to to town in Apia to check my uh, my tickets. And the lady at the steamship company was saying to mum, your daughter is the only girl on the deck because we travel on the deck to Fiji and then fly from Fiji to New Zealand those days. So she said to my mum, I was the only girl on the deck and uh, therefore they should pay the rest of the fare to come on the de- on the, to come in a room on a boat so my father and mother did that so i came all the way from samoa on a, on a matua i came all the way to new zealand for over a week 
Oh, a week to travel, traveling for over a week. Yeah. And then you went to Fiji first. We went to Fiji first for three days to um, to upload the uh, the food and things to bring to New Zealand, vegetables, and then carry on to New Zealand. It was a long trip. So you arrived in Auckland then on the Matua? Yes, I arrived in Auckland on a wharf in the city of Auckland, and my uh, uncle Toulu Fuatavai and his children were waiting for me. So, um, what did you do when you arrived in Auckland? Did you find a job or? Yes, there were lots, lots of work, a lot of jobs those days. I just finished high school <clears throat> and um, I learned typing at school. So I went to uh, I went to find a job. I found a job of sewing, a lot of sewing jobs those days. And then I went to um, I went to Polytech to update my uh, English and my typing because I was already typing at school. And and so where did you work for your first job? I work at sewing, making um, children's clothes, men's clothes, but we were making part. You know, we weren't making the whole garment. We were just making parts of the garment. So um, in, that, in that time, music in New Zealand, it would have been rock and roll in New Zealand. That's right. Rock and roll was uh, was my type of music. And who was uh, the top singers in New Zealand, the top um, music artists in New Zealand at that time? So that would have been, what, 1958, 59? That's right, 1960. I forget the names, but uh, there was a best... Uh... Ray Columbus? Yes, that's right. And the Invaders, yeah. True. And there was a bass guitar, guitar player at um, Simon Street Dance Hall. Yeah. It's a beautiful band there those days. Were you allowed to go to the dance halls back then? Oh, my, my, <laughs> my, 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 my uncle never allowed us to go to do those things because we grew up in a church and uh, we're not supposed to dance or go out and perform dancing anywhere that was <laughs> and I you know Melive and my, my cousin and I thought that was silly what's wrong with uh, with dancing and uh, sharing um, yeah. your moves hey <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so after Sabbath we have a closing Sabbath and and we said to my uncle that we go into the movies so we went to the supposed to go to the movies but we went to Simon Street Hall to dance rock and roll <laughs> And my cousin Melive was leading me. <laughs> She's a good dancer. <laughs> you met your husband in Auckland as well. How did, you, how did you meet your husband? Oh, my other cousin Melive's brother was working at where Harry was working, at the fruit shop. Harry was managing the fruit shop yep. those days. And um, Carl got a job for delivering the fruit and vegetables. So that's how I met my husband. They came to our house the other day, and here's Melibe and I playing records and dance around the the dining room and and do the cooking. So that's when um, my cousin Carl and Harry, my husband, 
first met, and then he said to my cousin Carl that he wanted to take me out to the movies. And I said, no way, I don't know, even know him. I don't know his culture. Why should he ask me? And what culture was he? He's an Indian, and I'm Samoan. And I never knew any Samoan or Indian going out together those days or marrying. No, that would have been pretty new. Yeah. Yeah, it was funny. So, like, I I know that when you had to go out in those days, you had to have a chaperone. Girls had to go out with chaperone. Yeah. So when when Dad, or your husband-to-be, Harry, took you out, how many people went with you? <laughs> there were four of us girls and Harry. So he had to buy five movie tickets. He had to pay, yeah. It was expensive <laughs> first date. Yes. <laughs> Poor Harry. He must have been keen. Yeah. But when I first met him, he's such a, a gentleman. I don't know whether he pretended to be a gentleman. <laughs> but uh, he kept asking my uh, my cousin, he wanted to go to more outings. And uh, so anyway, that's how we allowed to go because I told my cousin to tell him if he really want to go out with me, he have to ask my uncle because that's our way. So he asked uncle and uncle agree. So uh, Harry got tired of paying too many people to the movies. So he rang me at work to say if, uh, you know, if we can go on our own. I said, leave it to me. I will ring home and tell them something. Mm. So, I rang home and lied that I work overtime. <laughs> <laughs> so my my cousin said, all right, I'll tell Dad. So off we went to the movies, and he dropped me straight back home after the movies because I didn't want to be late after working overtime. Yeah. But my uncle already rang work because it was the first time I work overtime. And uh, the work said, oh, no, we never work overtime. So he knew I was lying. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> I'll skip the next part because it sounds um, not a good story from there. <laughs> so when did you um, when did you get married? Well, uh, we got married in 1960. Yeah. 1960? Yes. And you had your first child in 1962. That's right. Deborah was born in 19... 19- February 1962. January, January 1962. January. Yeah. You started off in Auckland, but now here you are living in Dunedin. How did you end up in the South Island? That's right. Oh, it's a long and funny stories that happened at my time. It's so much, but you know what? I stood against those laws and those rules when I used to when I used to arrive, when I first arrived, I used to go for a walk and I pick flowers and straight away put on my ear, flower on my ear, <laughs> because that's the way in Samoa, yeah. you know? Yeah. And when we go past the hibiscus, you know, you pick the hibiscus and put straight on your ear. And when my cousins saw me doing in New Zealand, they said, Emma, if you keep doing that, the people will ring the police. And I was so homesick. I said, oh, all I want is go back home. We have no rules like this. Mm. <laughs> Flowers comes and then fade away the next day. Yeah. So anyway, same as any rules. We came from Samoa. I went to Samoa with my 
first daughter, she was nine months old. And when we came home, Harry already um, got a new flat for us. And that flat was an all white people. But we were the only colored people in a flat. So the next morning we woke up and have our our breakfast. The kitchen is a shared kitchen for everyone. And they saw us eating there in our color. So they told the landlord that the, they don't want us there. So we went out. Harry dropped us to my uncle's place that day and he went to work. He came back. We had tea at my uncle. And when we went home, all our belongings were outside and our door was locked. And um, I cried. I cried. You know, that's uh, the way the people were treated our color in those days. And I was very, very upset. I look at my baby in my arms and I kept crying. And so I rang my cousin and she said, Emma, don't worry. Come home. Come here. We've got a room for you. So mm. I said, I only want to stay with you for a week or two while I'm going to to um, to advertise a place for us on the paper. So we advertised for a whole house. From then on, we didn't want to, to rent a flat. We wanted a whole house. So we rented a three-bedroom house in Mount Eden those days. Mm. So Harry and Deborah and I were there. So from there, Harry left to come to work in South Island. My uncle was uh, was working at the, at the company from Utah, from uh, America, yeah. in uh, Manapuri, South Island at the coal mine in Manapuri. So Harry asked my uncle if he can get a job there because Mm. Harry now see, you know, us having a child and he wanted to have a good money job so that he can look after his children well and buy a house, buy our house from renting other people's properties. So that's how we came to South Island. So when you moved to the South Island, where did you live? Well, I was lucky. I had a cousin living in South Island. They came from Samoa at the same time Harry came down. And he came down and got a job uh, as a boarder in uh, Southland Hospital, in Kew Hospital in uh, in Macargo. In Macargo, yeah. Yeah. So his family came and lived there with him in, in Macargo. So I remember I've got a cousin there. So I wrote to them if I can come and live with them for a few days while I advertise for our own place. So that's how we came. So I ran away from Invercargill because of a racist. You all ran away from Auckland. You know? I mean, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so when I got that chance of having a cousin to come to, to Invercargill, I thought I'm going to run away from 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 Auckland uh, where I find the racist people there. They look down on us and, you know, I still continue to smile and say hello to people, but it was bad those days. So when you owned your first home in Invercargill? Um, before, before my, my fourth 
child was born, right? Um, I, uh, we bought a house in 19, 1968, wasn't it? Oh, yeah. 19, mm. About June 1968. We had a good chance of buying a house, and uh, it was, uh, was six. Six thousand pounds, those days. How did you find operating or running a New Zealand home? Did you have help to? Yes, when we bought a house, um, it was uh, oh, before we bought a house, we rented a house so that my brother and the family can come and live. They applied to come to New Zealand, so we bought a house in Inukaako, big house. And um, when we went inside, I've never seen a cold range yeah. before. Uh, it's only um, electric range, electric stoves in Auckland. So mm. I never knew how to operate the cold range. So one of my friends that I met at the church, Betty McLean, she yeah. came over with a bucket of coal and started the fire, showed me how to start the fire in the cold range. And how to bank it overnight so that I don't have to start the fire every day. Yeah. So it was good to have friends, good to meet friends that are really down to earth and really, you know, help you out like families. So Betty became a friend to me. She's like a mother. She's like a grandmother to your kids, to my kids. Mm. And all the time, my kids call her Auntie Betty. Yeah, that's right, yeah. Auntie Betty. And um, she also taught you how to cook um, New Zealand that's right. food, like jams, preservatives. Yeah, she's a beautiful cook. And she used to share me how to cook a lot of New Zealand food. So, you know, I never forget all the things they show me. And... Uh, when I went to India, you know, I've learned to cook Indian curry and uh, from Harry's mum, from my husband's mother. So it was great. Now we're here in Dunedin, in Otipoti, Dunedin. Yeah. And so what brought you to Dunedin? Well, my husband was a great worker. You know, Harry is an Indian and um, his friends used to call him Black Harry. <laughs> You know, or black nigger. <laughs> black nigger. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not sure if you're allowed to use that word on the radio, Emma. Oh, sorry. <laughs> so anyway. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. So you came here to Dunedin. Oh, yes. He was a good worker. And one of the bosses in uh, Fletcher's, because he worked for Fletcher's after the tunnel, and he knew Harry. He's such a good worker. Um, and he asked Harry to come and work here. In uh, Dunedin. So Harry read two letters, and uh, because I was working down there making jackets, mm. suede, uh, leather jackets, everything with sheepskins, mm -hmm. carmens. So, and all your kids were going to school down there, and you all have your friends down there. You were growing up in, the, in, in, in Macaco. So, you don't know any. Other thing, but you know, in South Island and in Macaco, all your friends in school, you're settled in our home. 
So they wrote two letters to my husband to move to Dunedin, and he never replied. So they rang, and Harry said, oh, well, he said, the man said to Harry, we sent you two letters, and we never heard from you. And my husband said, it's very well for you to send two letters to come. I can't just get up and come. You know, I got my wife working here, and I got my children all going to school here. We've got our home here. So where are we going to stay in, uh, um, in, in Dunedin? Uh, Dunedin? Mm. So he said, all right, we will, we will talk again and we'll send you another, another news. So they send a letter to say um, that Harry can come here with free rent. The company will pay rent for us and um, for three years. And when we finish, we can go back home or whatever we want to do. So we came. And uh, so we were lucky. I came too and found work here. You kids came. That was uh, 1981. 1981 we yeah. came. Mm-hmm. And we're still here. So after three years, we decided to buy a house. So we sold a house in, in Macaco and bought a house here, Dunedin. Yeah. So we're still here. Mm. And uh, my poor husband passed away in uh, 2019, and I'm still here. Since your arrival in New Zealand, you've done a lot for the community in New Zealand. Yes. And you've received a lot of accolades. You're now one of the top master weavers in New Zealand. That's right. You've uh, received a Queen's Service Medal. Yes. And um, you've had a lot of um, articles written about you and travelled a lot around the world with your um, skills. And the the beautiful thing is the skills that you use are the ones that you learnt as a child in Samoa. That's so right. So using your culture to um, help those in Aotearoa, New Zealand. That's right. And, and how old are you now? I'm 82. I'll be 83 in two months' time. I'll be 83 in December this year. On the 31st, the last day of the year, that I'll be 83. So... And you're still a lively woman. You still go out. You still dance. You still oh yes, sing. I, I'm still dancing. You I still yell at I me. I hope you can play <laughs> some music while I dance on my birthday. Yep. Yeah. That's why all your children play music. Yeah, I smack your kids to go and learn music. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> well, actually, I'm a full time musician now. After all that smacking, Mum smacked me into being a musician. <laughs> so, um, what's one of your favourite songs from the islands? My favourite song? Like the traditional Samoan song. Oh, my Samoan song? Mm. I want to return to Samoa, return to paradise, return to paradise. That song, did that come off a movie? Yes. That's um, Gary Cooper, isn't it? That's right. That's <laughs> Return to Paradise. You know, that 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 movie yeah. was taken in Mataautu while my father was a minister of Seventh-day Adventists in that village. <laughs> and I, yeah. <laughs> so you had a, a film star. Yeah. In, in Samoa. That's right. I was... I was only ten years old when that movie was 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 uh So that would have been nineteen fifty. Nineteen fifty. Yeah. Yeah. 
Right. Oh, it's been good talking with you, Mr. Emakesha, who is my mother. And um, just before we go, tell me about how you got your title, Misa. Oh, my title, Misa. When I came here, I brought my brother, my older brother, my brother, seven years older than me, and we are very close. My brother used to shelter me, used to look after me. And he's the one and his wife and four children that I first brought to New Zealand. And um, I supplied everything to my family home in Samoa. I brought a lot more of my families. I brought cousins. I brought my sisters and brothers. So in 1998, my brother said to me, I think we better go to Samoa and give you a title name. And I said, I don't want to be a title. He said, you've done so much to the family. Therefore, we should give you a title name to mark the good work you have done so that your children can follow your footsteps. So that's how I got my title. Title Misa. In Samoan culture, is that like a matai? Yeah, it's a chief. So every time I go home, they respect me as a chief. Nobody call me Emma. They all call me Misa in Samoa. Is it okay for a woman to have titles? I was the very first woman in our village to become to become um, a title person. Now there's few women title in Samoa now. Oh. But I was the first one in our family. I I think because of my age, and I think one of you, my sons, or two of my sons. <clears throat> can become a title to hold <laughs> to hold our family up. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll think about that. <laughs> so, um, just before we go, thank you for your interview. Um, what would you like to share with our young people? Some knowledge of your life that will help them go forward. What I like to share, yeah. I would like to say, don't be scared. A lot of our young people don't come out. Don't come forward. I think if you see something, say it. Say it to your mum, to your dad. And they will tell you what to say. Don't be scared. Go forward. When I heard about Greater New Zealand, put out one of the, the member of the Greater New Zealand wanted to share our artwork in weaving. That's when I put my hand up and I applied for Greater New Zealand for funding. And that's how I started Multicultural Weavers Organization from 1983 until now. At present, I'm still teaching around places at the museum. I teach the museum, the, the course at the museum. They um, book online. People book online. All I do is just turn up and teach. So don't be scared of what you know. Share it with others. You know what the Bible said? Whatever you want to do with your hands, do it with your might, do it with your heart, because there is no knowledge in the grave where you are going. So be brave, put your hand up, and do what you think you could at. That's what I advise for our young people.
This program was produced by Peter Kesha Music for Otago Access Radio 105.4 FM. This podcast was produced by ORFM Dunedin with support from New Zealand on the air.